This is a podcast from the South China Morning Post. Hey everyone, welcome back to Inside China Tech. I'm Zen Su, a tech reporter with the South China Morning Post. So we hear a lot of artificial intelligence stories coming out of China, but here's a story that I'm sure you've never heard before. Today we have with us Meng Jing, who is a Beijing-based tech reporter with us, and she covered the AlphaGo uh, Go matches about two years ago. And today she is trying to use that same artificial intelligence technology to put her young baby son to bed. For all of you people out there, you need to know Meng Jing has is, is a new mom. She gave birth to a very adorable baby boy in July, and today we're going to talk about her experience in trying to use artificial intelligence, mm-hmm. well, artificial intelligence powered apps to put her baby to sleep because you know babies sometimes don't get a lot of sleep at night. They wake up, they fuss. Meng Jing, how about you tell us how your life has changed? Since having a baby, how much how much sleep are you getting now on average? Oh, my 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 life changed、uh, has changed completely after you know I have this really really ador- adorable kid. Especially, I only got like I think I get、um, maybe on average five to six hours of sleep a night. But the 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 difficult part is I I don't usually.、Uh, Because I need to feed my son every three hours during night, so it's 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 like it's really horrible. After、uh, maybe you can、uh, put him to bed、uh, after feeding him, but it's difficult for me to go back to sleep. So it's just、uh, on and off, on and off, and、uh, it's really、uh, difficult for me. Especially、uh, last night,、uh, I think it's. If 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 our boss can hear this part, it would be great. I only slept for four hours because I had a phone interview to an expert in the U.S. at about two a.m. <laughs> so after that, I feed my son, and、uh, then it's become extremely difficult for me to go back to sleep. So I, I think I slept maybe at four, but but、uh, I fed my son again at five p.m. at、uh, five a.m. So it's just a、uh, Uh, really difficult for me. So it just sounds like you're basically <laughs> taking a series of short naps. That's basically what you're doing. Like you take a nap, and then like in an hour you have to wake up, you have to feed him. So what it was this? What drove you to start trying out using apps to improve this sort of situation? Like what do these apps do? You know what drove you to use these apps? How did you hear about them? Yes,、uh, definitely. That that's the reason because、uh, I I read from some book. The book told me that babies at my son's age is like like four months they can sleep through the whole night, but my my boy、uh, couldn't do that. And so I I think there must be something wrong with my boy or something wrong with my my parenting skill. You know, so I you know I really read a lot. I search online and I go to forums and、uh, it's just a.、Uh, Nothing seems seem to works. So so I I I, I search online and I found there there's a、uh, many of these apps、uh, use artificial intelligence technology. Basically,、uh, they learn of your your kids' sleeping patterns, and then they can offer you customer you know individual personalized、uh, advice to help、uh, your kids sleep better. 
So I think uh, that's uh, that's definitely my hope to get better sleep. So I tried uh, a, an app called Nod. I'm not sure if you're familiar with this app. Is it's, this is this a U.S. or Chinese app? Uh, it's a U.S. app, and uh, so all the languages are in in English. Uh, but that, that but that, that that's not a problem for me. The thing is, uh, because I have already, you know, uh, returned to work from about one month ago, so I I can't uh, I, I cannot really record my son's sleeping patterns during day daytime. So my mother helped me to do that. Wait, wait, wait sorry. Uh, Can I just clarify? So this app, okay. you um, you use it, and then the idea is that you have to put in the data for. Mm-hmm for it to give you better recommendations, right? So you have to yes. put in, like, when your son's sleeping, you know, like, for how long he's sleeping, stuff like that. What kind of data does it collect? Yes, uh, actually, a, a, a lot of data, but uh, uh, mostly uh, of uh, about the, the uh, is the data about my, my son's sleeping patterns. Like, uh, I need to log in when he starts start to sleep and uh, when he's awake and uh, during night, how many times... He, uh, he wake up so so and also for uh, for them to give you better recommendation they it's also important to 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 put in the data regarding your child's uh, feeding pa- feeding activities like uh, how frequently do you feed uh, him or her and uh, uh, how much milk uh, does a baby consumed and uh, and also, it's it's ask really really detailed questions like, uh, was you uh, bottle feeding or breastfeeding, and it, is it left breast or right breast, and uh, for how long? So it's really a lot of work for me to to do to use the app. How much data do you have to put in before it gives you like a recommendation? Like, is it instant? Do you do you do it over a few days, and then they give you? A solution like how does it work like how does it actually improve is supposed to improve your life i think for the first uh i i didn't really receive any recommendation in the first maybe five to six days so maybe after a week i i get my uh first recommendation and uh, the app told me to reduce uh the nighttime feedings for my for my boy you know that's it's basically it's a it's 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 more of a hope than a solution to me because I always want to reduce the nighttime feedings for my son. I just, you know, I I don't know how because he cries and he wake up and uh, if you just uh, you know suddenly reduce the nighttime feeding, he just uh, he he didn't go back to sleep. So which means you can't have to hold him for the entire night and you you couldn't you know, get any sleep at all. So it's just uh, I don't think it's really a solution. No, so, <laughs> so I'm actually was, uh, I'm actually quite curious because um, obviously this app is getting like information or data from moms like you, uh, mm-hmm. like new moms like you, and you know other moms around the world, whether you're in China in the U.S. And then all of this data is self-reported, right? So yes. you report like oh if I if like say if I reduced the nighttime feeding, for example, whether or not his sleep has increased and stuff like that. But how do they actually determine that it is, like, how do they make these recommendations? Like, do they put in their own research beforehand or, you know? I think they work with a lot of uh, 
experts in this field. So basically, uh, they have some kind of algorithm, and uh, when you need to do this, you can have to you can need to have a lot of data for for starters. So they must have a lot of data, and they somehow build a an algorithm with with people who have expertise in this. So that that's why uh, when they analyze your data, and they can somehow give you a personalized recommendation. And uh, in the U.S., it, they I, I think I searched online, and they they said for a for a kind of like a a doctor or an expert who has um. Expertise in baby sleep. They often charge, usually charge three hundred dollars an hour. So you know, for this app, uh, I only it, it only cost me thirty five yuan a a month. So it's quite it's quite quite cheap compared with I if I really hiring a a doctor for for this kind of job. But it's just. <laughs> the, the, Really doesn't help me the way that I I hoped. So do you still have a subscription to this app? Yes, because I you know I I, I subscribe for a month, so I haven't really used it for a month. So, <laughs> so I I think after uh, a month I I may just uh, switch back to the free uh free version. So I just uh, log on the data to use as a uh kind of like a fancy e notebook. To write down all my son's sleeping patterns, but I I don't think I'll give them I'll pay them again <laughs> for the you know the artificial intelligence advice. Cool, but also Mangjing, you know I'm aware that you cover artificial intelligence, you know, as your beat as a tech reporter in the SCMP, and I also. I'm also aware that you um, basically covered, you know, AlphaGo. I think about two years ago when they had that kind of like technology uh, where they basically pit pitted AlphaGo, which is this artificial intelligence machine, against like this Chinese Go master, right? And then the yes, and and so it's not every new mom who has watched AlphaGo. So you know, now that you think back, did you ever think that this technology that allowed a machine to beat a human at this really complicated game could ever help you to put your son to bed? I yes, I I, I think so. Uh, you know, I I chose this app and to to use it is because I I somehow had this kind of hope that they can basically offer a cure for me. But uh, it's just uh, my experience shows show that it's maybe the technology is not. As advanced as I had expected, because you know the the game Go, it's a it's a super complex game, and uh, you know somehow uh, AlphaGo managed to to beat Kudie, the the Go master. So I think it's <laughs> if they can beat, they can they can basically win a human being, a a human master in in this kind of game. They can definitely help me in a. In a sleeping issue, but <laughs> but it's not that. But it doesn't. It didn't really work that way. So <laughs> I'm now really, you know, I I write a lot of stories about how artificial intelligence is going to, you know, beat human in this job and that job. And uh, I always think they may replace me as a reporter in maybe just uh, ten years. So so <laughs> so. So maybe in the future, I I can be some kind of human editor, you know, working with a lot of 
robot reporters, and uh, maybe I can produce 100 stories a day. But <laughs> it's just that maybe it's in my dreams. So <laughs> this, it doesn't really work that the, the way that I expected. But mm. so so you know, with this artificial intelligence app, you know, they claim that there's a lot of machine learning or artificial intelligence behind it. Mm-hmm. But so in theory, it sounds great, right? What was the problem with the app for you? Like personally, what was the mm. the, the most you know like difficult part yes. of it? Yes. The the most difficult part is is absolutely um is about you know um, putting in all those data. Uh, you see, I, I think maybe in AlphaGo because they uh of course they they have a really great research team on that, and uh, I don't think they need to personally generate generate those data and uh, you know enter those data one by one into a machine but uh, within this this app i have to do it my song is basically he generate all those data and i have to be the you know to to to, to do that the, the labor intensive work to to put put in all those data it's just a really a lot of work because he he wake he he, he his he sleep basically is not like sleep, it's just naps so uh, he naps like 40 minutes and then he wakes up and then he naps for another 40 minutes. It's just uh, so much data. So so I have to do it all the time. And uh, if you, there's, I think one time I, I had a cold. So for two days, I don't really have the strength to to, to handle all those data. And uh, then it's just become a really, a lot, so much work for me to, 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 to enter like three days data in one time. So it just really took you a lot of time. And uh, you need to make sure the accuracy of your data. So if you somehow make a mistake in, uh, in entering all those data, so the, the, the recommendation can be, can be wrong for you. Mm. So it's just uh, it's not that easy. So it seems that that's super ironic because the promise of these AI apps is that they can offer you recommendations, you can put in the data, and then they will come up with these magical sort of solutions or suggestions for you that will make your life easier but it seems like your life is actually made much harder because you have to then track all of this am i right yes that's right especially you know during the night i somehow need to light up my song in a really dark room and uh, and putting all those data and then it's and then you know after the work of putting those data it's just uh, really difficult to go back to sleep again so, mm, yeah. Yeah. So I think it's really interesting because I think you you were aware that there were three different sort of sleeping apps, but then you chose to use this one, which is not. Am I right? These are all US yeah. apps. Yes. Yeah. So I like personally, when I sort of look on the US app scene, there are a lot of these kind of apps that claim to be artificially intelligent where they require you to put in um, the data. So... You know, apart from these baby tracking, uh, baby sleep tracking apps, there are also apps that claim, you know, to be able to track like for women, their menstrual cycles. Like, oh, you know, you put in your different which day you got your menstrual cycle <laughs> and like you can include all of these data about like how you're feeling that day. You know, are you feeling energized? Are you grumpy? Like, are you in any pain? Where's the pain from? And you're supposed to put in all of this and yes. it can give you recommendations like when you're going to be PMSing, when your next period is going to be. And 
So I also use one of these apps just to, you know, keep track because for women, you know, you kind of want to know when it's coming, right? But it's yeah. such a pain because I'm putting in all of these data up and then I never find that it's ever accurate. Like, it's never here on the day that it says that I it's coming and then I, after, after some time you just give up because you're like, why am I doing all of this if it's not even accurate? And also, sorry, I'm just going on this long rant now, but also... Um, it seems to me that this is a very US-specific sort of thing because I don't know, I don't see any or I don't hear that of that many similar Chinese apps on the market where they require users to put in this much data, right? Is there, mm-hmm. you know, why, why do you think there, there, there isn't like this sort of trend? I think for me, uh, just can... in my observation, it's just uh, there are a lot of AI-enabled apps in China that basically push you news and uh, the products you, you may want to buy online based on your, uh, your previous, you know, uh, online search record. But it's just, uh, maybe it's because they, they don't think Chinese, it's, can be so uh, can be encouraged to do this kind of uh, data data thing. It's just a a lot of work, and uh, and also usually uh, this kind of app requires you to somehow to basically they are paid apps, and uh, maybe it's uh, in China it's just uh, uh, most uh, Chinese internet users are not. Mm, so comfortable to 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 pay for this kind of thing, so maybe the market's not not ready. And also, I guess um yeah. So like you mentioned, these Chinese apps, like I think Jinru Toutiao, that's the the news app we're talking about, right? They're supposedly using AI to sort of aggregate news. They push you news that you've read that they think you're interested in based on AI. And like for e-commerce, I think the very famous one for AI is Taobao, which is owned by Alibaba, which by the way owns the South China Morning Post, usual disclaimer. Um, Mm -hmm. So they basically operate, like their data input is from the user's sort of behavior patterns. And then they sort of use that to sort of predict and and, and see what you want to do. So yeah, Mm -hmm. I just think it's fairly interesting this kind of split in in terms of how AI is, is, is used to power apps, you know, for certain consumer apps and like in the US and China. But also, you know, if we sort of br- take a step back and broaden out this topic, for AI, apart from apps and, you know, consumer facing, how it's going to improve our lives, how else has China in particular started using AI? You know, from your coverage, where do you see really interesting uses of AI in, you know, our everyday lives? In everyday life. That must be facial recognition technology. <laughs> so it's, uh, it's, you know, we have this kind of all kinds of surveillance cameras in, in China and the Chinese government is really uh, pushing this technology uh, forward. And like in, in banks in China, uh, if I want to open an, uh, an account in a bank and usually if you just, uh, you can you can do it with your ID card, and if you just show show up uh, at the bank and carry your own ID card, it's okay. But but now, because of this, you know the the, the popularity of uh, facial recognition technology, they, they 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 don't allow you to do that anymore. So 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 they have this um, kind of like fancy machine in in bank, and uh, you need to put in your ID card and. Uh, and the machine need to swipe your face 
to identify you are the same person, you know, as a ID card. So if you pass that, then you can move on to do all the other stuff you want to do at the bank. But if you, you fail to do that, then you need to try again and again. For me, it's especially uh, difficult because on my ID card, I don't wear a, a pair of glasses. So so now so so I often need to swipe my face like three to four times four times before I can successfully identify myself to the bank. So yeah, it's not really very convenient. Yeah. So um, they're basically using that as a form of verification that you are yes. who you are before you can do all these bank services. Mm. But yes. So apart from like, you know, when you mentioned this facial recognition technology, I think in recent months, there has been a lot of attention on the kind of like facial recognition technology, how China's using it to sort of track its people. And I think in China now you can even get like a jaywalk, like if you jaywalk. You can get a ticket with facial recognition, right? Was there wasn't there a really yeah. funny story um the other day that we wrote about about Dong Mingzhu? Yes, yes. You, yeah, you want yeah. to tell us a little bit about that? Yes, it's it's really funny because uh because the the the, the machine I I I don't really remember in which province they they think they they the 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 facial recognition uh, technology uh powered the camera they they think they they caught Dong Mingzhu the air conditioning. Uh, air conditioner queen in China, but it's it turned out they made a mistake. It's not Domingju uh, herself. It's it's basically her image on on the on the side of a moving bus. So the machine actually caught the Domingju's face, uh, basically an advertisement on a moving bus. But they they think they caught Domingju herself. It's which is so wrong. <laughs> so that means this sort of facial recognition isn't actually. Like it's not the same kind of systems that are being rolled out nationwide, right? Different provinces maybe use different companies, and they yes. have a database. And this Dong Mingju story, okay? So, so like like Jing said earlier, um, Dong Mingju, she's the chairwoman of China's biggest maker of air conditioners, and and that company is called Gri Electric Appliances, uh-huh. and yes. um, this particular incident happened in the city of Ningbo. Where where she um where she uh where they basically that like a bus had a picture and then mm. like 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 the the facial recognition system sort of like caught her um jaywalking but so I think the problem with that is that that facial recognition technology probably didn't include like heat maps or the heat maps like where they can determine whether that's actually a live person and so they sort of used that they they sort of caught that um that 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 incident mm. and there was a little bit of an embarrassment but yes. that also means that um, facial recognition technology right now it's not really uniformly across China like they haven't like different cities still use different facial tech recognition yes I, I think it's not it's not a kind of a top down thing to basically like the country somehow use one kind of uh, technology from from a certain company you know, there are so many Chinese companies, uh, they are competing in facial recognition, in voice recognition. So they all roll out their own products, their own services. So they, they, they try to work with, with local governments in China to, 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 to push the adoption of the technology. So mm, that's a thing. Apart from things like facial recognition, like what are some of the sort of big, applications that 
artificial intelligence can do, you know, to improve our lives in the future? I think in 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 all kinds of uh, industries, uh, artificial intelligence can can definitely improve the efficiency. Uh, they can analyze a lot of data and uh, help make uh, predictions. And uh, like uh, I think uh, in in one supermarket uh, uh, I interviewed before, they can uh, they can use uh, artificial intelligence to to help the the store manager to decide uh, maybe in a raining day uh, what kind of products uh, will be the best-selling products in, in, in the particular, you know, uh, location, uh, you know, of, of a supermarket. So, so it's really can help a store manager uh, reduce the waste of food and uh, increase the, uh, you know, the, the revenue of the, the supermarket. China is also uh, moving very rapidly in uh, in autonomous driving, and so so like uh, Baidu and uh, Tencent, they all uh, you know big Chinese internet companies. They they uh, they all spend a lot of money to work on driverless technology. And in Xiong'an, uh, uh, a small city, basically Xi Jinping's dream city, uh, which is located not very far from Beijing, uh, they use uh, the government is working with uh, with with Baidu to test. Uh, uh, autonomous autonomous driving and in in the city. So I, I think in the future, uh, if the car can really connect it with each other and uh, drive themselves, it's um, it's it can definitely improve the traffic. But we also need to uh, understand there's a lot of risks uh, if there's you know hackers hacking into the system and uh, if there's Actually, um, maybe a, even a small, a teeny mistake in the system, it's basically life-threatening for us. Okay, so let me sort of bring it back to the start. So I think AlphaGo was really the sort of machine that brought artificial intelligence to everybody, you know, to the forefront of the mainstream consciousness. And one very interesting um Thing that happened when AlphaGo was playing uh, one of its games against humans was that I think in the game against Lee Sedol, who is one of the world's best Go players, at one point in the game, um, AlphaGo made a move in the game that no human player would logically make. And subsequently, the human player, or Lee Sedol, basically also made a move that confused the machine basically but the reason that he made that move was because you know obviously he, he was watching the machine play and it forces him to think out of the box right so i guess in a way we can also see that artificial intelligence intelligence is sort of pushing the boundaries on how we think about things or how um such sort of the way we've been sort of doing things or processing certain information mm -hmm. But the problem with that, I guess, you know, when we're talking about something like Go, when we're talking about something like Baby App, on the consumer front, it's still very open-ended, right? There's still a lot of different data points. Like Go, at the end of the day, you put in a lot of like fixed data. You know, you have information of how people played games before. You can feed it with lots of data. But for something like on a consumer-facing side, like the Baby Apps, these are we're dealing with 
living beings, right? And and every mm-hmm. sort of baby is different, and you know, they fuss differently. They sleep have they have different sleeping patterns. They have different eating patterns. So. Yeah, I guess at the end of the day, the consumer level sort of AI tech is really not there yet. And mm-hmm. so, you know, on that note, Jing, do you think you will still be relying on these so-called um, artificially intelligence, uh, artificially intelligent apps to improve your life? Um, I don't think I'll be completely relying on this kind of apps because, you know, so far my experience doesn't you know hasn't really suggest that it's a uh, right way for me to to raise my kid but uh, it 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 does offer some kind of uh, how to say suggestions and uh, and also I forgot to say that the big because they they based uh, they, they also push me some kind of uh, reading materials like knowledges how to put your son to bed uh, based on your 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 my son's progress in, in sleep. So so I, I think that that's that's something I I I can still count on them to do. But um, rely on them to to completely uh, help me raise my kids. It's 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 something I I won't do that. It's basically it's kind of like a, a machine intervention into your way of inter raising up a child that's maybe it's a really dangerous thing to, or risky thing to do that so at the end of the day it's still more reliable maybe to sort of uh take advice from like the collective wisdom of like women like yeah. your mom or like your aunts or, or or you know all of these people and sort of use that in, in in you know until ai is actually to a point where they can accurately yeah make decisions i guess maybe that's mm. the best way to go Mm-hmm. cool yeah okay i think we have reached the end of today's podcast um yeah so if you enjoy listening to our podcasts you should definitely go back to the last couple of episodes we did we did one last week on the plunge of bitcoin prices and we also, we've also done one you know where we interviewed jane wong who reverse engineers apps and on singles day so definitely go have a listen go find our excellent tech content on scnp.com slash tech and if you want to follow me on Twitter, my handle is at Zensu and Meng Jing's Twitter handle is... <laughs> this is this is a recurring theme. It's really funny because obviously um, Twitter is not popular in China uh, because it is banned. Pop- no, it's fine. I have it on Meng. Okay. So, okay. So we have found Meng Jing's <laughs> handle. Her handle is at... Meng Jing 8 so it is at M-E-N-G-J-I-N-G 8 so yeah definitely follow us on Twitter and we'll see you you. next week we'll see you next week alright bye everybody